Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Carlos Rios's All Ears. Today, you're listening to a conversation with my good friend Aaron Glamboski. He's a music producer, recording engineer, recording artist. He's amazing, a great musician, a good friend of mine. We went to church together. He's just a fun person to talk to, and definitely whenever I decided I wanted to do this podcast, he's one of the first persons that came to mind. Uh, and I'm just glad that you're able to listening to our chat. He just is a man that is the embodiment of the phrase being down to earth, that <laughs> he just is a person that you can just sit and feel like you can be real with and not be concerned uh, about having to pretend or anything like that. It's, it's just a, a joy talking to someone like him that you know they're just being real and that you're getting a perspective that it's well thought of, but also not taking itself too seriously. And he's just an all-around great guy. So we talk about all kinds of stuff, family, church, music, a good bit. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. So tattoos. We were talking about tattoos that one time we met. And you said something, well, I was saying something to the effect of, I, I just feel like if I get a tattoo, it just has to be this super um, important thing, meaningful thing, something that really means a lot to me because it's a big decision, right? And mm. it's 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 either there forever or it comes out through a lot of money and pain. And so... <laughs> Not fun. Or Or I've seen people do clever things where they like, do stuff over it and fix Dang it somehow. Cover ups. I like that better. Um, but black out you, your arm. So I, I that was my perspective on that. Um, and I thought it was pretty solid, right? I thought it was like, well, these are tattoos, and you know, it, it does that. You know, they high consequence. Yeah. Uh, long, long. Uh, and you said something simple like, "Yeah, I see that," but for me, it's just like, you know. I get to look at this, and if it's something that it's not meaningful to me now that I'm older, 20, 30 years, I look at it, and it somehow takes me back to that moment when I got mm -hmm. it. And you you reflect, I'm like, oh, man, I remember when I was into that, or I remember when that was a thing. And so you don't yeah, think like too much stamp. about it. Yeah, like a timestamp. Like, so still get something that you don't just go like point at a picture at a tattoo shop and be like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. But if if you're into anime right now, dude, get a goku tattoo i don't care yeah like who cares if you don't like goku when you're 90 that's right <laughs> <laughs> like who, yeah. no one's gonna like like stuff that long um when we think of this episode of the Sim simpsons um uh homer's father what's his name abe simpson i think i don't know I if you're so, familiar yeah. with them at all yeah i am i i'm blanking on his dad's name though uh he was uh in the in the military for i think he was a marine i can't remember uh but he had a tattoo and so he it's all like wrinkled on his mm -hmm. arm and he has to like stretch it so you can see it and <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I, I used to think about when i think of like tattoos like man you're gonna get old they're gonna be all wrinkled and well that's the other that's the other thing for me is people are always like oh what's that gonna look like when you're old and i'm like yeah. probably awesome but yeah. also like when i see an old dude with tattoos I really want to go up to him and ask him about his life. Like clearly he like 
did some things and saw yeah. some things and wanted to express himself somehow. And he's probably got great stories because he's trying to like tell him with his body. Yes. Like I would rather go talk to an old dude with tattoos than an old dude without not nothing against dudes without tattoos, but yeah, I like old people anyways. <laughs> they got yeah. stories. Um, well, and I think that's part of it, right? Is that when you do a tattoo, it's to tell something, to say something mm-hmm. And not everything you say has to be this deep, meaningful thing, right? No. Sometimes it's just something funny. And, and that's also part of why I'm doing this podcast. Is like, I like to get into, like, how does this expression go? go get into the weeds. Is that, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm really bad that, with idiomatic yeah. expressions. No, that's I talk perfect. about deep stuff and all that. But sometimes I just want to talk about anime and talk about, because I love anime. I'm, I'm a big nerd. And, you know, and I love music. I love um what else do I love? That's super nerdy. Lord of the Rings. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. You know, I like to talk about this stuff without getting deep, which you can yeah. get really deep about these things, too, if you want to. But they're just fun, too. But they're also just fun and silly. So, it's all right, okay recently like I'm playing things. D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually not super huge into it. But I see a lot in it that's cool, that's fun, for its yeah. own sake. Have you ever played? I haven't. Uh, I'm like, obviously I'm familiar with it just from its its new rise and stuff. I like the idea of it, yeah. but I I have to be really careful with what things I allocate time into right now yes. as it's very limited. That's um, the danger with the D. And like, I, I love things that are like really intentional and long form and you do invest time and you do something mm-hmm. that's really intentional. Like, I think that's great, Yeah. but I already have like six of those. So <laughs> I, I have too many hobbies. I have too many jobs. Yeah, and, and I have too many kids for that now. Like, <laughs> how many kids do you have? We're up to three as of like Goodness two months man. ago. So we're done now. Congratulations, dude! Congratulations. But, oh, thank you. They're they're amazing, but they do like make you like evaluate. Like, what am I spending my time on? Like, Aaron, can I ask how old you are? I'm 34. You're 34. You're my age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when did you start? Uh, four years ago. Four years and, ago, right at 30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right at 30. Um, I'm not going to ask was, your wife's age. But she was uh, she's uh, like six and a half years older than me, so she was a, a wow. bit later. So we we were trying to sneak gotcha. them all in under forty. You're like, let's do it. Yeah, like once we started, we're like, okay, apparently this is something we're doing so, now. So, so like, Katie's thirty. Right. I think this is the second time I say her age on the podcast. I don't think she cares. Out of um, like three three episodes. <laughs> well, I, this is episode. <laughs> um. Well, there's three that's been that have been oh, okay. published, but this is episode like, seven, I think. Okay. All right, I was going to say, you can't have, have the age in, in 66% of the, the podcasts. That's, that's too much. <laughs> that's not my – yeah, every every uh, three episodes I say how old yeah. she is just for fun. And by the way, yeah. I don't know. Just want, I need to interrupt. I have to say this. <laughs> <laughs> not sure if you've heard, but – I don't know if you've heard. Um, so three children, man. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So All this, girls. Okay, I was, that's what I was going to ask. So this latest one is a girl, too. They're, they're mm-hmm. all girls. So you – is it just – in your house is you, your wife, and your three girls. Yep, wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I don't need any little dudes running around here. I know what they'd uh, be like. Oh yeah, they'll be <laughs> destroying all your stuff. Well, they'd be like me. We have we have one of those already. Yeah, just you. One of you is plenty. <laughs> That's plenty. They're much <laughs> cuter. Yeah. Well, Katie and I are hoping to to start children next year. Well, con- congratulations. Yeah, we're It'll be awesome. we're hoping to to have a family. And we'll be closer, so you know maybe we can hang mm-hmm. out, and yeah. maybe your your children, um, if I if I have uh, 
little little girls can can uh, can a disciple and be friends of mine. Yeah, it'd be like fun. That. Um, they're they're a bunch of little wildlings. So right. <laughs> Do they have crazy red hair like you? Two two out of three. Uh, we have a okay. we have a full middle child who's just like not like the other ones. <laughs> of course, and she's right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, of course. Funny. What are their but names? She, uh, okay, so you'll you'll my Lisa, my wife is really into names, so they all are very awesome. intentional. They all have meanings. They each have an animal name and a warrior name. Uh, so my okay. eldest is Leonetta Braith, uh, which means little freckled lioness, which is appropriate because she did happen to come out with red hair. So <laughs> we we gambled and won. Yeah. Um, and then our our that's middle a, child that's is a, that's a b- badass name. I can picture this little line of a girl. Oh, and she's awesome. she's ferocious. Oh yeah, that's um, so cool. And our middle child is uh, Alish Nadette, uh, which is Promise Brave Bear. Okay. And then uh, our our latest is Ilvi Luella, which is uh, Man. Little Wolf Warrior. I will not remember these. No, that's so cool. So an a- an animal and a warrior. Yeah. And your wife. This is your wife's idea. Oh, she is. I mean, she could name seven more children if we had them. So we got to, you got to stop at some point. We can't use all yes. the names. Yes. Maybe, maybe spent, we'll consult with, with her. Dude, she would, comes ha- to. she would have no greater pleasure than to talk to you guys about names. Yeah. <laughs> That's so She cool. might get too excited. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're planning on being back in Texas next year, uh, around April. Early or late. That's awesome. That's, or in that's April. coming up quick. Yes, we've only been here since January, and uh, it, uh, it's been kind of a failed experiment. We came here for Katie; she was doing some training, mm-hmm. um, technical training at a at a school. Uh, she does music instrument repair, mm-hmm. uh, especially especially brass instruments. But she wanted to learn some woodwinds, mm-hmm. um, and she was promised she was going to. But the woodwinds teacher was gone when she got there, and you guys in Wisconsin, right? We're in Wisconsin. That's right, in Williams Bay, Bil- village of Williams Bay. Where is that? Is that near Green Bay? Uh, Green Bay is, I think, a couple hours north of us. We are okay. near the biggest town near us. Well, I mean, Milwaukee is not too far from here. Chicago is an hour south of here, an hour and a half, something like oh, that. Oh, so you're south of Milwaukee? Yes, slightly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like in Waukesha. Southwest. Um, yeah. We are... Uh, there's a city called Lake Geneva here, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Talking about D and D, Lake Geneva is where D and D started. Really, uh, I actually work three blocks from the house where D and D started. Then you and have to get into it for while you're there. A little bit, yeah. There's a lady that lives there. She's an older lady. She just works tends her garden. <laughs> mm. I want to go up to her and mother. Mo- her Moonlights as a witch. Yeah, right. Probably. <laughs> yeah, don't, wouldn't doubt it. Casting spells oh, that's cool. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, we're 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 itching to get back. Especially, we don't love this apartment we're in. The layout is actually fine, but uh, the walls are thin, man. I like the the second. So, like, uh, let's see. When we moved to Austin, we had an apartment, and after about two years, we moved into a duplex, mm. and it was a terrible, crappy duplex. Really? And immediately, I was like, I'm never moving to another apartment again. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, just having your own walls and your own floors and your own ceilings and your own yeah. yard. And then, so then we bought a house out here in Bastrop, which is like 30 miles east of Austin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, man, it would, it'll take a lot to get me back into an apartment. I can't do it. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've tasted freedom. Nice. Yeah. 
So we're probably going to be back into some kind of apartment or something for a bit, for hopefully a year or two only, and then mm-hmm. try to get a house. That's the hope. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, honestly, like, we've been in apartments for, for a while, and it's never been this bad, that the walls really? are just so this thin. People just are terrible. just talking. Well, people are just talking like this. Like mm-hmm. regular voice level, and you hear them, especially certain frequencies, like males. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just like the whole place is like really like you can feel them on your feet. People's voices is so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, you hear all the fights. Uh, yeah, luckily there's not. You know, I so my neighbor next door, he's a bouncer. His arms mm-hmm. are as big as my legs. Nice, and he's not he's not that much taller than me. He's a little taller than me. He's uh. Where is he from? Jamaican, I think he's. No, 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 no. Oh, I can't remember where he is from. But I won't um, tell him. Long hair, uh, and he's a tough guy. I mean, he's terrifying. Which you would, and he's he's the smallest guy at, at the place he works at too. Um, but anyway, I like had a chat with him because where where I live under us, it's his mom. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, like, can, can we talk about the, the noise situation and all that? And we sat down and we chat for a bit and we, you know, it was a little uncomfortable at first because, you know, I'm basically going to complain to him a little bit about mm-hmm. the noise. But we got to to hit it off and chat a good bit and yeah, his balcony. And I'm trying to remember where I was going with this story. Um, He told me about what the situation was like in his apartments before we moved in. And it was bad. So oh. we're not seeing the worst of it. This is this That's is good. tame. Yeah. Apparently, where I live, there was a couple where a lady lived here, and she had her boyfriend over, and he would beat her up. Oh, so I'm like, oh, great. Uh, and there was like, you know, drugs downstairs, and you know, all kinds of stuff. And so shenanigans. Uh, it's pretty tame right now. So That's it's not. Good. And we live in an awesome area. It's beautiful. Like really, it's just poor rich construction. People live here around where we live. There's a beautiful lake around the corner. People do ice fishing. Like it's so Wisconsin. it's so neat. Yeah, it's a it's a cool area, but we're we're hurting, man. We we want to go back to Texas, land of the free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the irony is, I've been dying to leave Texas for well <laughs> since like two weeks after we got here, and it's really? been a decade. This is the longest I've lived anywhere without leaving. Like. Uh, I think you said, I talk, remember talking about this with you. Well, I'm sure Somewhere. I mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's built into me. Like I've always had itchy feet. Like I, I grew up moving around a lot and stuff and I don't, I don't need or really want roots as much as I want like to experience different cultures and stuff like that. And so like, there's nothing wrong with Texas. Mm-hmm. I've had a great experience here. People have been great. Like we've had a, a like things have gone well for us in Texas. They've gone terrible too, but like that's life. Yeah. Uh, but uh, ten years. So it's not right? that it's yeah. not that I need to leave Texas. It's just that I need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, like we want, uh, especially since and everyone's everyone thought that would change when we had kids, and it, it only got amplified because really? we want. Well, so most people want their kids to have a nice, stable life, which I get mm-hmm. that there's that there's logic to that. Yes. Um, but I don't. Um, I want, there's a couple of things I want from my kids and we've both felt this. So like literally for years, we were married for nine years before we got pregnant. And we always said, if we do have, if we mm-hmm. decide to go in on kids, like we want them to 
be empathetic to people who are different than them. And the only mm-hmm. way to actually have empathy for people who are different than you is to spend actual time with people other cultures. And other, yeah, yeah, people who are different. You can't just live in a, a neighborhood full of like white ginger kids and expect to understand what someone with a different color skin or a different occupation or different whatever looks like. You have to spend time with people who are different. Yeah. Um, and even if it's moving to a European country, the culture would be so vastly different that you you gain appreciation for other ways of life. Yes. Um, and so we, we, I definitely want our kids to live in at least two or three different mm-hmm. cultures and like live in them, not visit them. Yeah. Um, and, and even like the skills that I, I gained as a kid, uh, of being forced to adapt to new environments, new things, learning how yeah. to build new relationships. Uh, while it's hard at the time, like that's the only reason I've made it anywhere in life is because i've been able to adapt to things and yeah. like well being a know, viking is tough man i can't imagine yeah, it is <laughs> I mean, you got to pillage every now and then and raid um <laughs> but no like you you also can't learn how to adapt from a textbook either you have to have your whole world kind of uprooted and changed and then figure out how to adapt into it yeah um and obviously that can go really poorly and i'm sure there there'll be times where our kids hate us for it but yeah ever since we had kids we were like okay this is we're on like a time limit now like we do have to move in the next like chunk Mm. of time we're already later than we'd like to be but yeah this is where god has us at the moment yes it's real interesting um someone i wanted to have on the podcast and the second time i mentioned him uh and i wonder if he listens to this (laughs) it's uh mark nodine um he's just Super interesting person. Talk about some oh, yeah. hobbies. Across the board. Uh, but he's, he, he's, he told me, I'm just kind of shy and I don't feel super comfortable. And I was like, well, not an issue. Like, can we still talk? And it's like, yeah. And so we, we, we had a good chat for like an hour or something like that. Did you get You got ago. him on? Nice. Not, not on the podcast, no. Oh. No, no. Just over on the phone. And, and, and we chatted for a good hour. So, Dude, just I ask wish... me if you can record a phone conversation. Yeah, that might that might be what it what it um, uh, I mean, because this is basically what it is. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just hanging out. Like, yeah. you can edit edit out my meanderings. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, I, I don't just... want to do that though. One is too much work, and two, <laughs> and two, I, I want to, I want to get all the nuance, you know. <laughs> oh, there's. I was going to tell you about Mark though. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, we're talking about seasons of life, mm. and. You've been not moving for 10 years. Yeah. And I we've been moving around for 10 years. So we mm-hmm. want to sit down. We want to get some roots. We want to nest. Yeah, it sounds bit. like you want to get some roots, nest, start a family like Yes, that's what we want to do. We want to we want to have children and nest for for a bit. We want to adopt. Mm-hmm. I want to have a regular dentist, a regular doctor, um an accountant, a l- lawyer friends. You know, I want to have a church. I don't family. have lawyer friends yet. You don't? <laughs> no. I have I have a dentist friend, okay, which is good. one of those friends you didn't know you needed to have until you, like, have them. You're like, I should have a dentist friend. Yes, um, yes. I have an accountant. I have uh, church family. Yeah. What was the other thing you said? I didn't remember. I don't pay attention to what Oh, I doctor. Say. I don't go to doctors, but uh, <laughs> simply <laughs> because I would rather... Uh, spend money on something else and yeah. mostly healthy yes yes um no yeah it's I, I i fully understand the the need to set roots and i realize that i'm weird and that not everybody should be like me but yeah. i also realize that it's okay for me to be like this too yeah it's like the tattoos thing right 
Yeah. It's yeah. not for everybody. Yeah. It's I even still like, haven't like, gotten a tattoo, I think, partly because of that. And partly because I'm cheap. Oh, dude, they're expensive. Yeah. I still haven't finished this one. Uh, this is supposed to be a full sleeve. Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, I was literally like chunking money away for it uh, again to like make progress on it in uh, February of 2020. Yeah. And then March of it? 2020 happened. Uh, so this one is, uh, it'll be a variety of things, but right now it's a, it's a super nerdy tattoo. It's a anatomical heart merged with an iconic vintage uh, audio compressor, a Fairchild 670, <laughs> uh, which is like one of my favorite pieces of gear of all time. And it's like, it's nerdy to the point where there's like resistors and tubes and capacitors yeah. on it. And the resistors have yeah. the color codes of being the right values of what would be in it. And the, the settings on the knobs are the settings that I would use. And okay, can we t- can we nerd out a little bit about about audio? Yeah, um, hit me. I can go all day. Why? I I know you have a a deep. Maybe I'm wrong, but I suspect you have a deep like love and passion for like gear, like actual mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. compressors, actual. Mm-hmm stuff like e- equalizers and and all this stuff tape and tubes and tape all this stuff and tubes why um why not use digital versions of those things i do both you, you do um, both okay i i very aggressively do both okay uh and i'm 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 the first one to say there's no excuse for not making good music these days like the technology's come too far for too yes. cheap you can yeah. you can grab a, a an 10 year old iPad and throw something on it and 20 minutes later be making amazing sounding stuff. And I do that on, on mine. Mine's a 2015 mm-hmm. iPad pro. You yeah. can get it for two fifty right now. And it yeah. does so much. Yeah. You can do, you can make, you can make stuff endlessly for the next decade on that. Like, mm-hmm. so there's zero excuse for making cool stuff. Yeah. But, um, also like, so there's, and I have, I've spent thousands of dollars on plugins of emulations of vintage gear and stuff. And that's only buying, I only buy stuff on sale and I've still spent thousands of dollars over the last <laughs> decade. Um, and I mean like 80% sales, I'm cheap. Um, but, uh, are you, and what I, are you going to do about if, we, if you move with all this stuff? Move it. You're move it with you. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I'll minimize some of it, but I also, I don't buy stuff that I don't like. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so, like, all the stuff I have is actually worth keeping. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So You're I not mean, just I'm sure that, Yeah, it's purposeful. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, it's all it's all intentionally here for a reason. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm the first one to say you can make great stuff, and I do a ton of mixing in the box where it's all. Uh, that's the the technical jargon for just using plugins and stuff, not the mm-hmm. the analog gear. Yeah. And I can get really great results that I'm proud of, but they're yeah. different great results than I get when I use the analog gear. Yeah, I and think partly because of the gear itself, and partly because it's a different process, right? The workflow is different, so you make yeah. choices in a different way. Yeah. Um, and uh, even like when we at the studio I'm at, uh, when we track bands, we track. I've tracked a seven man band to eight track tape, which means you get eight <laughs> tracks nice. um, with seven guys. That means the yeah. drummer gets two, and everyone else gets one, and yeah. that's exactly how it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, the limitations make you make creative choices and they also yeah. make you make technical choices that make you have to be better. Yes. I have to make drums sound good with two mics when someone mm-hmm. else, I've literally used 20 mics mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it has to sound just as good. Um, yeah. If not better. Uh, and so like, I like the limitations that are caused by that stuff, but also like then you, there is something you can get out of that that you can't 
get out of the plugins. It doesn't mean you can't get good enough stuff out of the plugins, but it's different. Yeah. And then there's the psychological effect of like, I literally had a bassist uh, sit down one time who'd made lots of records. And the second I told him, okay, the tape's rolling. He like, Mm -hmm. he like all of a sudden it hit him and he was like, I know that we can run as many takes as we need, but the fact that there is physical tape rolling and it's not just pro tools and I'm going to just hit undo and playlist it and do it again. He's like, dude, I felt like I had to play for my life and I played way different than I would have if it was just like another taken pro tools. Uh, And you can't, there's no plugin for the psychology um, that happens with that. (laughs) Um, If there was, I could make a bunch of money. Nothing yet. Yeah. I'm working on the AI. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's so funny. Yeah. I pretty much everything that I've done apart from playing musical instruments or recording stuff or using, you know, input things like microphones, mm-hmm. certain microphones, it's all been digital. And that's just maybe because of my upbringing, but I'm just really cheap. Yeah. Oh, believe <laughs> so, me, I've, I've not spent that. Like I actually mm-hmm. have some cool old stuff and it's all been like tradesy deals with friends nice. and like, I'm, I'm super cheap too. Like there's yeah. a couple of things I've spent good money on cause it's my job yeah. and I want to have professional tools of to course, deliver a professional quality. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd spend way more if I was a woodworker, honestly, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. buying tools for that and nobody would bat an eye. Yeah. But, um, uh, I, I mostly play with other people's toys. I use mm. hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of other people's equipment more than they get to sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm happy with that position because <laughs> yes, I don't yes. have to spend the money, but I can help them curate stuff. I can give advice. I can keep it working and then I get to use it and yeah. make cool sounds. Yeah. I like what you were saying about tape and the psychological effects that it has. Mm. Like this is going to run out. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. That's... Well, I used to, when I first started doing music production at home, I would hit record. And it, I mean, that in and of itself has a psychological effect when you hit record and you see that little light blinking yeah everything goes red everything go- yeah it's crazy man it just your blood starts going your heart starts racing and, and uh, then then a few years later you probably got used to it yes no i do and, i do it all the time and now if you went to tape it would almost feel the same way again yeah and that's kind of the cool thing where it's like it's yeah. almost like a reset on that yeah yeah well i now i use it for um i use it creatively actually uh, because I know I can make mistakes. So I have an idea for a melody, but it's not complete. And so I'll hit record and I'll try to fiddle around. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I like those first two notes, but I don't like the the rest of it. So I then I scratch it, hit record again, play those two notes, and then maybe something nice will come out. And I was like, okay, I like this now. But then scratch it all again. And on, and so I give myself tons of times to fail, 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 and improve with every every try. And then at the end, after like take fifty, I'm like, I really like this melody, but I mm-hmm. formed it like slowly. And I, you know, probably it wouldn't make sense to do that with with tape. <laughs> no, with tape, you would just sit in the room and play stuff until you had it nailed down, yes. Yes. or with a band or whatever. So it's it's yeah. a totally different thing. And there's there's value in what you do too that mm-hmm. is different. And you, I think it's yes. good to embrace both and not be dogmatic about it. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the the skill of failing up is really 
really good <laughs> like yeah. to like r- play it wrong a million times until you play that right thing mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. failing up where you're you're doing the wrong thing yeah but you're moving in a direction and yeah. you're somehow getting better i like that failing up mm-hmm. yeah. if you set it up so that when you fail you're still like two steps further than you were before you tried it that's mm-hmm. that's failing up yeah yeah getting reaching slowly reaching mm-hmm. yeah the um, have a uh, this idea of a business that we're hof- ho- hoping to actualize when actualize when we move to to Texas uh, to do a, a school. We're probably gonna do some online stuff too, but um, and it'll just be one of those after school music programs probably. Although we're hoping to maybe partner with some schools and and teachers in the area and uh, mm-hmm. figure out a better plan because the current situation with like teachers that you know you get a flute major, a trumpet major, and you go and you want to be a teacher at a school and teach band kids. They let you in, um, and but they have limits as to how much you can charge. And you can only teach certain hours, but you're self, and you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. And, so they're somehow your boss, but without the benefits. Yes. And... Uh, being self-employed, you know, it's like 30, 40% tax. It's, it's ridiculous. And so, and then there's no state tax in Texas, which is nice, but I'm, I'm suffering from that right now being in Wisconsin. Well, and the, like you just like, I, I used to think it was so ridiculous. And then I realized it was like, they're expecting and wanting you to work the system and claim everything you possibly claim can claim. Yeah. So like the fact that I've got this, studio area in my home as long as i spend 20 minutes a year mixing something in this room mm-hmm. i can claim you know 10 percent of the square footage in my home and my electric yes. bill and what, like yes and so they tax you absurdly high wanting you or expecting you to do that because yes. if they didn't build it in then somebody would somehow work the system and do it That's when they right. shouldn't and it, like and so it's like yes it's terrible taxes and stuff but it's also it, it kind of if if you can claim stuff it washes out yeah, so if you if you're smart about it, and if you know, if yeah, you, you begin have... to understand a little bit, I didn't until this year. Actually, I worked pre- uh, preparing taxes at a Jackson Hewitt. Uh, and oh, I, you were you were working doing taxes? I did that early this year. Okay. Right now, actually, I work at an accounting firm. I'm not doing taxes. I'm administrative assistant, but they might get me to do some taxes next month. So well, I was going to say, like, um, I was going to recommend some, but if you don't need, if you know how to do the, all that stuff, um, mm-hmm. there's a, a company I use called Brass Taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, give me the plug if you sign up for them. I think I get 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, like, a, on all the stuff that you do online, I never, never met with them in person. I always have a Zoom call with them, but it's like they do my taxes. They only take on people who are self employed or freelance or, uh, most run like a small business of their own. Mm-hmm. And, and all of the people who do it, Actually, you should go work for them. <laughs> All the people who do it are also freelancers. So they're people mm. who have their foot in an industry. And then they mm. also, their side hustles that they do taxes in that kind of industry as well. So they know the ins and outs. Yeah. Um, brass and, taxes. Brass taxes. I have to look um, it up. That it's, sounds uh, interesting. It's a, such a better experience than I've ever had with any other, like, I used to do like H&R Block and it was mm-hmm. just terrible. Yeah. And they didn't know yeah. anything about my industries and they would find yes. me money that I can get back that I didn't know I could. And like, they yeah. didn't know about like, Oh, you've got a student in your house. Okay. Did you know that you can actually claim this, this, and this too? And yes. like, 
all that kind of stuff. Where it's there's like, so okay. much stuff. It's so, so nuanced. Stuff. It is. Yeah. And, and then industry specific too. If you, yeah. If and if, if you claim something you can't, you're going to get a phone call. But if you don't claim something you could, nobody's ever going to call you and be like, hey, did you know? Like <laughs> from the IRS, they're like, hey, I think we owe you more money. Um, <laughs> yeah. That would be like a, that, interesting. You see huh? that meme where it was like with your taxes, yeah. it's like it feels like you kind of have to guess. And if you put in the wrong number, they're like, nope, you're going to jail. But if you. <laughs> You you put in the right number, they somehow know. It's like, can you just tell me the number? Yes, I've seen this meme. Can you just tell me how much to pay you, please? <laughs> Which is exactly what it was in New Zealand. Yeah. Literally, doing my taxes consisted of logging into the IRD website, which is their IRS. Mm-hmm. Them saying, hey, uh, you made this much. Uh, you paid us this much. Um, you paid us $14 extra. We actually already sent that to your bank. Um, can you sign here? And I did, wow. and then my taxes were done. That's so cool. Didn't cost me a penny. I didn't have to call anybody. Yeah. And that was as a, a foreigner on a visa and like two jobs, one of them self-employed, one of them was like, yeah. like it was just so simple. Yeah. Yeah. No, here it's kind of a mess. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it is. And it only keeps getting, it keeps changing. Oh, so yeah. It's ever, ever changing. Um, A lot of the stuff that, so I'm working on an accounting firm. A lot of the stuff we deal with is just people coming in. I got this letter from the IRS. You did my taxes. I don't know what to do. And it's like, you know. Yeah, no, that's a scam. <laughs> it's it's all kinds of silly things. Yeah, no, some of them truly seems like a scam, man. It's like, you know, they they finalized everything. Uh, I forget what the technical word is. To dismantled? I don't know. A business 10 years ago. Um, and then they're getting letters from the IRS saying, like, you haven't filed taxes for 10 years, 8 years, and you owe $17,000, $20,000. And, you know, they're like, they come to us and they're like, hey, I'm getting this. Mm-hmm. I haven't had this business in 10 years. Like, we have paperwork that says that we ended this legally and all that. And so they have to write a letter to the IRS and be like, hey, this is going on. Here's the proof. And then they send you, okay, we're going to look into it. And then six, seven months later, they'll tell you, you're you're good. Or you've accrued this much more interest now. Or and, you've accrued more interest now. Yeah. And it's just a mess, man. Yeah. Big mess. But Ugh. let's not talk about taxes. No, let's not talk about taxes. That's terrible. It's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Uh, that's so funny. So you said you had a bunch of hobbies. What are some of those other hobbies? Um, I don't think I know. I don't even. Like, I have the bad habit of, like, my whole, I didn't even realize this wasn't how everybody is until my wife pointed out like two weeks ago. Like I just like finding things that are hard to do or interesting mm-hmm. or not everybody can do and like trying to figure out how to do them. And so mm-hmm. like when I was a kid, like I saw someone had a Zippo lighter and they were like, oh, you can light it on your pants or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. But I bet there's 40 other tricks you can do. So I started learning all the Zippo tricks and then saw someone in a movie, like do a ring ring roll or a coin roll across their fingers. And I was like, I should learn how to do that oh, because – People can't do so, like, uh, stupid stuff like that. I would learn like compulsively. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I have the really you must have bad... pretty good coordination only with one one hand, only with one hand. <laughs> the other one's totally screwed. Are you left handed? Uh, yes, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. very left handed. Um, that's a story for another time. Okay, uh, that can be podcast episode number two. Just, yeah. just the, the story of the hands. Hey, man, I'll have um, you over as many times as you want to be in. <laughs> sounds good. Um, but uh, like, um, I also like whenever I start a hobby, I compulsively 
need to turn it into a business, which it's, I've had to learn over the last 15 years, how to like, just do something for fun. Not like when we were in Wisconsin, my wife and I both were into photography and both like within like six months, I had us in galleries. We weren't even that great. Like we were a lot fine. Of beautiful lots of things over here, man. Yeah. Forest landscapes and, and nature. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, I needed, I was like, okay, cool. We're photographers. So we guess we're going to like do it, do it. And then, business, yeah. um, obviously I, I've done that with music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I made a, um, do you remember Adam Alivato? No. He, he went to the well. Um, it's lovely. Italian man. He's not really Italian. He's he's got Italian genes and a cool name. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, he and I made um, uh, an app for audio engineers that like syncs uh, your DAW with uh, smart lights. So like if you hit record, everything really does turn red. Like whatever light you select will turn red to indicate that you're recording, so someone doesn't bust in on the room or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, that was like the fourth app I I've dug in really hard trying to. There's a couple for audio engineer um augmented reality apps that i'd like to build and i've literally met up with a bunch of ar technicians and stuff and i'm just waiting for the technology to catch up with the needs that it would like the technical Mm. execution that it would have to have to make these apps Mm. um and so i like i compulsively have like seven businesses that i could start in the back of my head all the time um and i only start i almost built a, a reverb a plate reverb business until i would lucky enough to see a friend who made a hardware business and i saw the amount of time and money that i had to sink into it before they yes. could even start selling stuff it was insane yeah and i was like this isn't this isn't the time or place to do that um played reverb as in as in the what do you call it a reverb uh yeah like he's a gear yeah effect so it's like a, a metal plate that you like stretch out to a really mm. tight tension and then you pump audio through it and it gives you that lush reverby sound and then you re-record it off of it's different that. than a spring reverb mm-hmm. okay uh similar ish similar physics yeah but instead of putting it through something sprawling you're putting it through something tight yeah. and lush okay yeah i mean like we we just got a, a plate at the studio again everything the, that i've done is digital so <laughs> but I, I guarantee i guarantee you there's a, a plate there's a plate preset yes yes uh, but like people don't realize like we just got a plate at the studio and the the vintage ones which is why i was trying to make a different type or version it's mm-hmm. like four foot by eight foot by two foot and about 300 pounds <laughs> like you have to have real estate to put that in like uh, which is why people use plugins and stuff right. like that work on the box but it sounds so good yeah well i'll just it's like an and actually producing the reverb it's not mm-hmm. emulated it's, you, you hear it and it's, it's it, it hits different yeah yeah it's yeah. it slips itself into the mix somehow it's it's well, crazy. like i i've i play with a lot with um sampled instruments that are mm-hmm. like high quality beautiful sounding sample instruments and i've heard some stuff that people do with some of these like i don't know if you're familiar with the swam suite um mm-hmm. they do they do um solo instruments and they work with, I forget what the technology is, with, you know, like the Rolly key, uh, C keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things are cool. Uh, with that kind of stuff. And, I mean, the the way that they produce sound, I mean, working with samples, I mean, it's almost, you can't tell the difference between a real mm-hmm. instrument. Because it was real at one point. Yes. And just all the processing, it's really cool. And still, if I 
get a person with a real instrument playing in front of me. It's, it's such a, like, and if you hear it live, right? Mm-hmm. The person's in front of you holding the violin and they play the violin and they're good at it. It's, <laughs> and all the, all the stars align. Um, <laughs> it's something no, it's special that you, fun, it's hard to capture digitally, even with all this technology that we have. A fun uh, cheat that uh, we actually do pretty regularly. Um, mm. Not as often as we used to, but, um, like obviously there's really great samples and there's great sample libraries where you can have horn sections or string sections or whatever mm-hmm. that sound good, but they don't quite sound like a person or an orchestra, but yeah. there's really good uh, sounds out there. You can buy like the East West ones and like, and I'm sure yeah. you have a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, if you want to sell that as like, just trick the brain into thinking that it's real, mm-hmm. have your, your string quartet or whatever, have like your, four piece horns Mm -hmm. and then get one person to play one thing on it. Get, get one violinist to play on top of the, the quartet that you composed in MIDI Mm -hmm. and having that one real thing tricks your brain into thinking all of it's real. It's weird how like, you're like, no, it's going to sound this. It doesn't. You've got to record, be able to record it and mix it in well enough so that it blends in. And and it's not even that hard. Like literally as soon as you put that real person in with all the fake people, it like your brain is your brain just buys the dream. Like yeah. it's crazy how well it works. And same with like brass stuff. You get one one trumpet player to play on top of it, or yeah. one trombone, and all of a sudden it's all it all sounds real. It might, yeah. That's that's a good food for thought. I'm currently yeah. composing a piece for trumpet and string quartet. Actually, it, um, yeah. Get one violinist and one one trumpeter, and yeah. Uh, well, my my brother is a trumpet player. He's actually getting his. He's a, a master's in trumpet performance. Nice. Uh, uh, he's too far deep into it now. <laughs> can't back out. Can't back out. When soul. he was in high school, I was like, "Don't do it." A chance. Yeah, um, but he's just—he just, he just loves his trumpet, man. He loves it. <laughs> he's good at it too, and um, so which is good, right? <laughs> it's it's a valuable piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So. It's a uh, run a piece for his master's recital, which is not going to be till 2024, but I need to have it ready like summer of 2023 or something yeah. like that so that he can be like, Hey, this is what we're doing and start getting ready and get the musicians and all of that. So that's awesome. Are you still doing the um, video game music? Like I know you were doing like a lot of mm-hmm. 8-bit stuff back in the day. I feel like I haven't seen it as much on Instagram lately. Yeah. Though. No, I'm, I'm, Fixing to get back into Instagram, I've been rethinking a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, it's rebranding, making the, focusing a little bit more as to what I want to do, the kind of sound that I want to do. And then, yes, uh, turn it a little bit more into a business. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a, a bit mm-hmm. of a knowledge-based business on, on doing the YouTube formula, right, where yeah. you teach stuff and you get hot leads through email marketing and, and uh, doing content and Content marketing and then getting emails and then putting something together and selling it to them, you know, yeah. after you've already given them a bunch of stuff yeah, <laughs> through YouTube and whatnot. A ton of free stuff and then all to make one sell, yeah. So it's, that's... I mean, it's the way of the world now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm building something like that and I'm trying to focus enough and as as far as uh, the type of sound that I'm, I want to produce when it comes to video game music. And it doesn't have to be like forever that, but just... Built, being able to build expertise enough that people are, 
and put it out there enough that people say like, oh, I want this kind of sound. This is the person go to go to. to. Yeah. yeah. Rather than I can do orchestral, I can do, yeah, you know, a bed, I can do, which I can do a little bit of everything. But I really want people to be perceived as the one that's really good at this kind of sound. Yeah. You gotta have and I really love that, like, retro sounding stuff. And it's pretty popular right now. So I think yeah, there's, it's awesome. there's a good bit of uh, room for growth there. So I'm working on that. And then I'm going to be using Instagram, too. Basically, Instagram, I find it easier or I have more people there that I can send to YouTube um, and hopefully grow things that way and put a course together and try to sell it. So that's one side of things. Uh, the other thing is guitar. Um, mm -hmm. And again, this year has been the year where I'm like trying to focus because I'm kind of like what you, you were describing yourself. Uh, so many interests and you latch on to all these things. And, and this is, we're only talking about music right now, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't even gotten onto the other things I could sidetrack with. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough being, being creative and, I discovered this year all what what it means to be entrepreneurial. I didn't even know what it meant, and like I thought it meant you're a business, you wore a business suit, and like yeah, you you got to talk the business talk, but you know, being entrepreneurial is more about being creative and yeah, seeing things and wanting to fix things and wanting to create things and and all of that. So yeah, it's and it's about being a doer, a doer. That's a, right. Like you have to be a thinker, but you it makes you an entrepreneur once you start doing. That's right. So. I discovered this year, like, oh, man, I can build all these things. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I can't build everything at the same time. I, <laughs> I need to focus a little bit. So that's what the video game music is looking like. And I'm going to start pushing some more content through Instagram again soon. Um, I just need to kind of plan. I like to plan and write schedules and such and, and do things like that. That's and this really podcast is another until thing. It, until it paralyzes you. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, it's it's... It's so tricky finding that right balance between mm -hmm. uh, freedom, unconstrained freedom, and and just paralyzing limits, yeah. creativity. It's option paralysis. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's so it's such a hard place to find because that's where I want to live, right? I want to live where I build some boundaries and then I can move wherever the heck I want within those boundaries. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes maybe I'll oh, get a little to the edge and, you know, experiment a little bit. But but if you make it too boxed in, then you start everything you produce is the same. Right. Mm -hmm. if, if we want to talk about music, writing music for me is I've created these boxes that are way too closed. Mm -hmm. And then I start writing music and everything starts to sound the same. And I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, it's about like finding like ways to impose consistent limits on all endless opportunities to like draw inspiration from almost anything, but then like fit it within that box. Mm -hmm. But like, if your source can be unlimited, then when you limit that, put the constraints on that source, then you can still come up with new things yeah. depending on what you're making and how you're making it. Yes. Yeah. Well, this, this podcast is another one of those ideas. And I think mm -hmm. this is kind of like you were saying, this is to me more of a hobby but immediately I start thinking like, well, I can turn into a business and yeah. I mean, people do. And so I like, and I don't want to do that too much because I, <laughs> it's hard to well, find that balance. Well, part of the, that I, that I've learned of what I've learned recently as to what a business is, is it's not worse. And, and more particularly when it comes to sales and selling something is 
Sales is not about getting money from people. Sales is about giving them value. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if people perceive that they're getting value out of what you're putting out there, then the money will come in. Yeah. Uh, right. You can put a price on only on something that people are, have place value on. So people mm -hmm. place value on the thing and then you can put a price on it. And if it's more or less matches, you know, they can say it's a deal or it's not a deal or whatever. But it's been kind of tricky uh, figuring out ways to implement that now that I've learned that that's the case. So I'm like, everything that I'm doing is like, what value am I bringing to the table? It's mm -hmm. not just about, sometimes what you do for fun, it's valuable to people, right? Yeah, but not always. Not. <laughs> <laughs> not always. So I'm like, okay, how is this value to people? Will, will people be willing to pay for this? Mm -hmm. And so it's been good. And I've been studying a bunch, writing a bunch, and just trying to focus, man, because scatterbrain when it comes to oh, making yeah. things and learning things and all and that. That's where the, the plans and everything can be really helpful because, yeah. like, okay, at least I'm going to follow through to this point or. Yeah. No, that's, I, I feel you there. That's, that's my life too. Yeah. So good talking to you. It's so Dude, refreshing. <laughs> I feel like we're just barely scratching the surface of all these oh, yeah. things we could chat about. It's, um, it, um, I don't know, like even just when we opened and you were telling me, and I and I hope you don't mind me asking your age and all of that, but no, I've yeah. been recently feeling like, man, am I falling behind? You know, because I, I know a lot of couples that are young. Mm -hmm. And they're having children and, you know, they're making a bunch of money or they have a career okay. they're following. And I'm, it's kind of starting like I'm growing, uh, what do you call it? Getting a bunch of white hairs on my mm -hmm. beard. You can't see them right now because we're on camera. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and I'm starting to feel like, man, I'm going to get old. My, my joints are hurting. Mm -hmm. My back is not the same as it was 10 years ago. I don't get me started. Right. <laughs> Dude, so, it's. I don't know. There's no right age or wrong age to do things. Uh, I, I was fortunate. Like when I started in, in audio, like the, one of my early mentors who's since passed, he like, he was a bassist and then he decided he wanted to start producing and engineering. And he literally started like engineering and producing when he was like 56, 57 or something like that. Like he wasn't a spring chicken. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he'd been in the, the industry for his whole life. Like he, he hadn't had a long, a real job in a long time, <laughs> but like, uh, and he had an amazing studio and like mm -hmm. was making records that people liked and stuff. And he'd only been engineering for like four or five years wow. and he started when he was like 50, whatever. So like yeah. it was, it was good for like 24 year old me to be like, okay, there's not a right or wrong time to start. The right or wrong time to start is when, when you're ready, you know? You can pivot. Um, yeah. And I mean, most of my favorite artists, maybe they made music their whole lives, but usually you don't hear about them until they're like 35, 40. Yeah. Uh, once you get a little life under you, you actually have something to write about or something to inspire you. Like, yeah. Uh, and there'll always be some 18 year old kid who's making a million bucks selling beats or something, but like, yes, it, that, that's just weird anomalies. And that's right. You can always find a kid in on YouTube in China who's better at your instrument than you. <laughs> you can always like find some like six year old on YouTube. Yeah, that's not how I feel right now watching this band, um, Bolivia. Mm -hmm. They're like making all the rounds on the YouTube's and all this math rock types. Yeah, playing guitar. Get out of here! <laughs> Shenanigans. Oh man, it's incredible. Um, I mean, it's it's it's. It's good stuff. 
they're good at what they do. But but it definitely is like you know, and and it's like it's really not my style at all playing that kind of stuff. It's like, well, that's what's in around. Maybe we should learn. It's like, no. Not if you don't enjoy it. No. No. I enjoy listening to it a bit. Yeah. There's I don't know if you saw they have the new one. I forget what it's called. What Steve By uh no, I didn't see joins that them. One. Yeah. He he uh he has a bit of a cameo in there. It's very pretty cool. <laughs> that's great. It's, he sounds so out of a I I felt in my ears it just didn't seem like it fit the style yeah. that they do. I was like, what are you doing? He's doing his weird little whammy bar stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's, it just sounds out of place. And he's so old now. Oh, he is. And he hasn't changed what he does at all. No. But, I mean, I guess it works. Now, something I definitely learned, uh, like, um, I the last two and a half, three years since, like, right before COVID, I've been working uh, as, like, the house engineer for a guy named Adrian uh, Quesada. Mm. And he's he's been like making music in Austin for 20, whatever years he's had four or five, six successful bands in different Mm. um, levels and stuff. Uh, And he's really talented, but he's not successful because he's talented. He's successful because he never stops making things. Mm. Uh, He makes so much stuff that nobody hears or flops, Mm. but because he makes so he's so prolific and he never like he, he's making the next album before this album's out and he's doing yeah. it for like three side projects at the same time and writing things for other people. And like, yeah. there's no st- stopping to like him just, he's always moving and mm-hmm. that's why he's successful. Yeah. And it's really good for me to be around that. Cause if you are like that for 20 years, you will hit gold at some point. Mm. And he, he does like every couple of years he'll strike gold or something and to the outsider it just looks like man he's got the Midas touch everything he touches turns to gold yeah it's like you just have no clue how much stuff he's touching (laughs) yeah um, well it's like we're talking about uh failing up right yeah you gotta put it create enough like if you go back and watch you know listen to beethoven i bet he wrote a bunch of crap oh yeah (laughs) but well even just if you think about like the stupid argument people are like oh man like Music just isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, like uh, you listen to all the stuff from the 30s, 40s, 50s, name a decade, it's all better. And it's like, okay, first of all, you are like – you have the benefit of having the ultimate curator, which is time. Like something from the 30s that you listen to and you're like, wow, that's an amazing song. And it's like, yeah, it's an amazing song because it's one of the 200 songs that we still <laughs> listen to from that decade. That is the stuff that stood the test of time for almost 100 years. Yeah, Of course it's going to be great. Yeah. And there'll be stuff from this year that stands to test of time for a hundred years. And people look back and be like, oh my gosh, they were so amazing. Yes. Until they look at the rest of Spotify. And then it's like, oh man. That's right. So much stuff <laughs> in there. And it's so easy to get in there too. You just get a $20 oh, district kit uh, account. Oh, yeah. They send that everywhere for, <laughs> for any Easy. Yeah. Um, it's never been easier. Yeah. But it's also never been more oversaturated with mediocrity. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the downside of it, right? Yeah, and I mean, is it really a downside? Mm-hmm. If, if nothing else, like it allows people to put periods on the ends of projects and grow mm-hmm. into the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, just because there's a bunch of crap out there, I feel like the, the good the, stuff is worse. The downside is just finding the kind of quality that you want. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder. Yeah, or maybe a lot harder in some ways, some respects. But I think it's harder for 
cool punk kids who want to like hear the thing that no one else has heard before other people have heard it. Yeah. If you're willing to let the world curate for you and you've got like a community of people who like the same kinds of things around mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. if you're okay being the fourth person to hear it, not the first person to hear it, you can kind of let everybody else do the work. Yes. All the, the, yes. the good stuff will rise to the top. And then all of a sudden your, your buddies will be like, Hey, listen to this album. Yeah. And you did no work to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone that I would like to have in the, on the podcast is my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Corey. And you know how you hear people say like, oh, I'm, I, I knew these people before they were cool. Or, you know, it's like he, he does. actually does know people before they're cool and like, you know, meets them and stuff. Like, uh, well, I, you know, I think we're talking about Polyphia. I think they're from Texas, from the Plano area. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, early on, he funded a bunch of their stuff. Oh, cool. And, and like, he's like, these guys are amazing. Before they did more like a prog rock kind of thing, like dream theater sounding stuff. Yeah. Before they took their weird like hip hop mix with whatever they do. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it would be cool having him, having him on and talk about these things. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that doing a podcast is a smart thing because it'll get you out of, especially like after you get past the first. 10 or 20 people that you're like, this is a smart person to interview. And all of a sudden you're like, who do I talk to? That's mm-hmm. where you'll start finding really interesting people too. Yeah. Because you, you'll probably get a few odd people in the, the middle there, but then you'll like hit a stride where you're like mm-hmm. getting out of your, your normal world and you're talking yes. to friends of friends. And that's where I want to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And you've kind of got to push through the, the, the low hanging fruit first. Yes. That's you. I'll, I'll, I'll that's be I'm, I'm just an apple on a tree. <laughs> No man, I, I'm so I'm so glad that you that you uh, let me do this. You no, I, I feel like I, I'm an incredibly boring person to talk to about oh, stuff. Oh no, but... man, you're crazy. <laughs> or or we're both are. I mean, or we both yeah. are. Yeah, I, probably. I, yeah. No, there's like, I started making a list um, of people that I want to talk to, and you definitely were one of the first names that came to mind. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um. It seems like a lot of times all you do is kind of just slog along and do what you do and you forget that other people don't do the same things you do and that it's interesting to them. Yes, yes. Um, my normal Tuesday might be interesting to somebody else, but me it's just another Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Just playing with tape and tubes. Playing with tapes and tubes. That's so fun, man. That's so, <laughs> so exciting and interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I, I do forget how lucky I am. But, um, yeah, and even just being... Uh, you know, it's it's obviously it's not an easy industry to to survive in, especially not when you want to pay bills. But mm-hmm. like every now and then, I have to actually look back and be like, okay, like my wife's a stay at home mom. I got three kids, and I somehow pay the bills. Yeah, recording people and mixing things and having fun in studios and playing with other people's gear and like that. That really is, even if we're not, you know, rolling in money. Mm-hmm. That's that's the dream. Like yeah. that's, I'm incredibly lucky and I sometimes forget how lucky I am even when, even if it's hard, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you feel like the weight of the responsibility of being a father and being at the house, like helps motivate you to, to go and try to get oh, more work and all of that? There's uh, I thought I was a motivated, hardworking individual. Mm-hmm. And then we got pregnant with our first daughter and I was like, Oh, like I was like this baby of a, of a motivated, mm. hardworking person. And there's mm. a whole different type of fire that sits underneath your butt that you didn't know existed before. <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's both like terrifying, but also like obviously it'll like it got you gets you places. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the year uh, my wife Jeff was Field. cutting, my wife was cutting hair and was like the primary provider uh, the year we got pregnant, and that year I made seven thousand dollars off of music, mm. and my wife quit her job uh, in November. And we had the baby in December and she hasn't worked a day since. Well, hasn't worked a job a day since. Okay. Um, and okay. she, you know, she, the, the kids are a lot of work. Um, but, but we've somehow survived and I went from making 7,000 to providing for the family because of that yeah. mystical fire that somehow lands underneath your butt. The um, mystical fire under your butt. I like that. Spawned by your children. Yeah. No, no, I've, I've heard of this mystical fire, not referred to as that before. <laughs> and I suspect it will it will come once we um take on the the challenge of becoming parents. And, and I mean, you don't have to wait for the fire. Like it's yeah. it's it's not having kids is never the excuse to not and I'm not not saying that you're making an excuse, but like you don't need to have kids to do yeah. stuff. But like yeah. once you do, you'll be like, Oh wow, that is a whole different thing. It's just yes. a different experience. Yeah. No, I, I want children for so many reasons, but um I definitely I've heard that, you know, it, they're inspiring in a in a way that, that other things aren't. Well, and it's inspiring in like a super terrifying way too, because yeah. like I believe you me, I am very aware of the fact that if I don't bring home enough bread it's not me who doesn't eat it's a little kid you know like yeah who hasn't like so like there's the a lot of weight and pressure that comes with that and i think more or less like once that weight and pressure hits mm -hmm. that that mystical fire is you realizing you've just either gotta make it work or yeah. find a different way to make it work you don't get to kind of be in the middle anymore once my podcast grows enough that i don't have to be concerned about seo so much I can, oh, and I can the worst. and I can have creative names for my my episode titles. I will probably call it the Mystical Fire, under underneath Mystical Fires. <laughs> if 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 you're doing the the what's the terrible trend that everyone, if you want to succeed on YouTube, does is it's always like the thumbnails them like with some O face, like uh -huh. just like uh -huh. awful, like oh, like yeah. it drives me yeah. nuts. But like if you want to succeed, that's I'm doing you it. Have the right I'm thumbnail. Doing it, you're doing you're doing the the face. Oh, I'm doing the face thumbnails with like with like words behind you. Yeah, pointing at some image. Me. Oh man, yeah. you're gonna kill it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the skill you gotta have. The videos can be super subpar, but if you can do like a good face and yeah, point at something, yeah, it's all Canva, dude. Oh yeah, Canva's I have a pretty expressive face. Yeah, I don't. I'm just like a. I do it with my phone, and I just do some wacky face, and I point, and then transparent background, and put a piece of gear or some sound waves or oh, something. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. <laughs> your wife looks at your phone. She's like, why is there just like a whole folder of you like pointing at nothing and being surprised at whatever's in your lap? Like, I was like, thinking what is that this? the other day because I was going through pictures. You know, it's like this probably would look so insane to like a Some archaeologist is going to be like, what the heck was happening in 2022? <laughs> like That's everyone's funny. phones have these ridiculous pictures. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. To, to bring us to, to a wrap here, I, I want to go back to not the tattoos, but when we were talking that one time, mm -hmm. um, you said something to me, you said you were, um, you had actually money allocated in your budget to do what we were doing that day. 
which was to go out and drink coffee and talk to people that you yeah. wanted to talk to. Do you still do that? Um, less now for multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's three with very time, interesting names. <laughs> three, three reasons. <laughs> uh, I got three startups, um, with great names. Um, uh, no, like, uh, well, reason, the first thing that like offset that pattern, like was, was our first daughter, but like, it only slowed it down. Like I went from meeting with like eight to 12 people a week and grabbing coffee with them to like meeting with like six to eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you got a kid now and stuff, but, um, it definitely slowed me down. But then, uh, COVID like offset all those habits and yeah. then COVID I we had a, that, that happened, man. Yeah, Jeez. it happened. And we had, we had our second daughter, like she was born like the day they canceled South by Southwest. Like it was kind of like when everyone realized like, Oh, this is serious. They canceled South by that was the day. That's she was- when it hit me actually. Um, when, and I was not, I wasn't in Austin. I was in, in Fort Worth, but I saw the mm-hmm. news and I was like, like oh, that must crud. be serious. Yeah. Like nothing st- stops South by yeah. you can drive through a crowd of people in a car and they'll still keep going. Like, yes. Yes. um, and I only say that cause it happened. Um, but like the, so we had our second baby right then. And so that was like, okay, you add the second kid, you add COVID, all of a sudden everything gets different. Um, and then, you know, we've had a third since then just a couple months ago. Um, so now it's, uh, I have to be way more intentional. I still grab, I literally had coffee with someone yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I get coffee with like one or two people every one or two weeks. Uh, and they're really intentional. I can't like, uh, that's I used to so, just brain. That's so good though. Still like, <laughs> I used to get, I, 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 I realized it was a season of life and I, I made the most of it, which is great, but I could just kind of spray and pray. I could like, literally I would go to church and walk up to somebody and be like, you seem interesting. Do you want to grab coffee this week? And 80% of the time they would just out of like social awkwardness or they didn't want to say no. Um, and (laughs) like, and like a lot of the times it's like, cool, we had a coffee once. We'll probably never have coffee again. That's totally fine. I don't say that necessarily, but, um, but then you meet some really great people like, you know, we probably wouldn't have kept in contact over the years if we hadn't actually had some coffee every now and then. Like, oh, and there's no way. Made some connections. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise there's no time. Yeah. Um, and so like, I made some really great relationships over the years because I got to kind of do that spray and pray coffee mm-hmm. technique where you just yeah. like uh, I there was basically in the budget. If If someone wants to have coffee, I will have coffee with them. That's, that's part of the budget. Like, yeah. And wants to have a drink, I'll have a drink with them. Um, yeah. and that was a good, that was a good phase in life. And so it's a bit different now, but you still got to be intentional to like yeah. be with people. Hey, one, just, if it's one person here. every two weeks, man, it makes a big difference. It really does. Yeah. Um, and plus I get to, I mean, there's some days where my job is very taxing and I'm hustling, bustling around. Yeah. There's other days where I get sit, paid to sit there hit a button every four minutes drink bourbon and chat with whoever's on the couch yeah and so i kind of get that built into work sometimes too (laughs) and i I really love these kinds of long-form conversations where you're all over the place and i realized i wasn't having enough of them you know and 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 i really value them and so i was like and i listen to them right because i listen to these kinds of podcasts and so i'm like why am i not doing this and I actually had a few really interesting conversations, and I'm not going to go into this too long because I've talked about it before in the podcast, probably in every yeah. single episode. But we can talk about at, it when we hang up. <laughs> working working at Jackson Hewitt, talking to strangers was kind of like a big motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have certain people in my life, like my wife and my younger brother who plays trumpet, uh, who he's been in the podcast too. He's guest nice. too. Um, 
my father-in-law, um, my mother of yours, obviously, my mother is the one that started this whole thing. Uh, but certain people, key people that I have these conversations with regularly, and I'm like, I want I want more people like that. And even if I just get to chat with someone once, I think it'll be worth it because that's how you really start getting that perspective of yeah. of the world. Like, so you know, when I told you that going back to that conversation with you back in you know by Tacos Veracruz and Radio Coffee. It really was so cool to me. One that we weren't talking about anything in particular. We were just kind of talking like I think conversation should be uh, if you're really trying to be real. Yeah. Um, like there's no agenda behind. Yeah. Um, and we're just having coffee and chatting. And, and you said, yeah, I try to do this regularly. And I even have money set aside for this. <laughs> and uh, so that was just very inspiring. And then talking about the whole tattoos thing, you know, where I had my, made up my mind on this issue and you gave me this perspective without having to, you know, craft the super intense argument or anything like that. You know, you were just like, just no, throw this a how wrench I at you. yeah, you just like, this is how <laughs> I see it. And, you know, you weren't trying to convince me. You weren't trying to be like, you're wrong. You weren't trying to say anything like that. You're like, no, mm -hmm. this is just how I see it. And being there with you and, and, knowing that you're a kind-hearted guy. I mean, you invited me to this anyway, you know, and like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, there's merit to what he is saying. And I never thought about it that way, you know? And so, yeah, it doesn't have to mean a bunch to get a tattoo. It's cool when yeah. it does and you get to, uh, you know, use that to have conversational with people about certain topics or whatever. But did you ever get those um, kick um, sound waves on your... Fingers. No, I was. Uh, I decided not to go with that one. I I don't think I had this one. Where is it? How do I? So these are like. Those sound uh, familiar. Look familiar, but I don't remember. I don't remember when I did. I have this one. No, you didn't have that okay. big old thing. I think I got this. I got this one first. Okay. Um, they're both like audio gear related. I at some point I have to stop doing like nerdy ones. Um, you but, did uh, have I, the one on the right, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um. No, like I mean. At some point when this one evolves onto the shoulder, it's going to have uh, – uh, and I haven't fully landed on what the – how the depictions will be, but it'll be like uh, probably kind of – you know how on like old armor or something they would have um, like animals, like a lion head or something yes, uh, like yeah. molded into it? Mm -hmm. I want to find some way to have like – now that we know that we, we've had the three girls, we know what animals they are uh, and we're done. <laughs> Uh, I want to find some way to basically have like a piece of armor on the shoulder mm -hmm. that has like a, a lion, a bear and a wolf. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so that'll mean something, but it'll also be art. Like yes. I want it to, to be interpreted by an artist and, and not just like me sketching out and make, make it look like this. Like I want to have an artist make it beautiful, but it has meaning too, but it can, it can stand on its own as art as well. And I think that's important. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I have lots of dreams, and they're all expensive. Yeah, right now we're just in, we're in survival mode. Yeah. Well, we can probably keep talking for a long time, but I think I we should probably bring it to a close. If... <laughs> probably. <laughs> Thanks um, for making time again. This is really fun. And and when you come down, like my brother moved to New Braunfels like last year. Yes. Uh, so we're down there every now and then. Um, yeah. So like we we definitely got to grab coffee again absolutely yeah 
Um, that'd be that'd be a good time. There's so many people that I want to do that with when I get back. Do you, do you drink? Yeah, not There's a bunch. A re- but yeah, yeah. I I just I I like like nice whiskey or like a really nice old fashioned or something. I don't like drink right. I like but Bach, uh, lagers, and mm-hmm. I like um, whiskey. That's... There's a there's a cool speakeasy in uh, New Braunfels. Oh, okay. Um, is it an actual like, speakeasy? It's like an actual speakeasy. Nice. Um, and it's like in the basement underneath a different bar that's like not very cool. But then there's like this dude who's always just high as a kite who makes the best old fashions. <laughs> and he will like – he'll make it with his eyes closed. Like he's that high. But he somehow like knows all these things about like recipes from the 20s or whatever. So we'll have to go over there and – Nice. It's entertaining, and that guy will chat you up. He's he's funny. Cool. Maybe we'll have Should him get on him the on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Honestly, <laughs> it'd be hilarious. I want to do um, more like in person podcasts. I've I've done yeah. two. Yeah. All I have is I have a couple of lapel mics, lapel mm-hmm. mics, and I run them through this little Zoom thingy. Oh yeah, that's splitter. all you need. And which the problem with that is that it's a single track, one channel. Yeah, one channel. So I have another Zoom, but I just didn't bring it. I have gear and stuff at home in, in Texas. Mm. We didn't bring a bunch of stuff because we're only here for a year. Um, I'm a, no. Do you listen to Tim Ferriss' podcast? I've listened to a few of his episodes. Not regularly, but I have. As for someone who, who likes the long form, I'm surprised you don't listen to more. Yeah. Um, but if you need inspiration on podcasts, he has – because he's been making one of the most successful podcasts in the world for years yes, now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's all just long-form conversation yeah. like this. No, I'm familiar with him quite a bit. I've read his book, The the 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah, and that's solid. That, so, yeah, he's a cool guy. He has one whole podcast where he just sits down and talks about, here's all the things that I learned. Here's tips and tricks and tools for, like, podcasting. If you're running mm-hmm. a podcast, like, here's, here's exactly the gear that I use. It's all, like – super minimalist and cheap yeah uh like here's here's all the ways that i build redundancies like he just kind of goes through like here's two hours of tips and tricks that's uh, awesome so if you, if you I need have to that, look it up no that sounds yeah. like a really good resource i mean that's a guy that has resources up the wazoo i mean just mm-hmm. and experience and experience yeah it's yeah. a cool it's a good one well, and he's in austin is he everybody's in austin now all the podcasters that's why now. i need to go over there you just got to get Elon Musk on there and you'll be golden. That's right. I get Elon Musk. I'll get um, all the Andrew Scholes. I'll get Lex, Lex Friedman. Get them all. Did, uh, what's that guy? Joe Rogo? I'm kidding. Oh, geez. Joe, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogo? <laughs> Joe Rogo? Um, I, think, I think I heard of him. Yeah. Um, no. Dude, this Tim is a good Ferris. time. I don't know Tim Ferriss was in Austin. He, he was like full-time in Austin. I think he's like 50-50 now. But, um, yeah. Like he moved here before it was cool to move here. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, I moved out of there as soon as it started getting cool. Because <laughs> as, I mean, as it started getting cool, it started getting really expensive. Oh man, is it expensive? Like I said, we moved to Bastrop. That was the only place we could afford a house, and now we would we would not be able to afford our neighborhood now. Yeah, like we just got lucky that we bought it before we couldn't afford it. Yeah, I keep hearing that story left and right. Yep. Well, now freaking Elon Musk apparently likes this area because like. He built – so Bastrop is east of Austin. He built the massive Tesla factory mm-hmm. between – over in Dell Valley, so between us and Austin. But not mm-hmm. everybody wants to live in Dell Valley, so some people are moving out here. He's building a boring company facility nice. out here uh, in Bastrop. Yeah. Um, and then I, now he's going to build like a SpaceX thing just outside of Bastrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warner Brothers is building a film studio in Bastrop. Like all of a sudden like oh, everyone's wow. like – 
every this podunk town on the edge of Austin is everyone's like, well, it's cheaper than Austin. And it's like, technically I can get to Austin faster than you'll be able to from New Braunfels. Yeah. Uh, just cause I don't have to go on 35. So, <laughs> it's, Paid that road, yeah, man. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. It's Satan's highway. Satan's highway. <laughs> highway to hell. <laughs> but um, no, I'm excited to have you guys back down here. It'll be good times. Alrighty. Well, then you're going to leave. You have to hang yeah, out for at least for a couple of that's years. That's the dream. <laughs> we'll see. I've been saying I'm going to leave for the last decade, though. Like, Tori keeps laughing at me because he's always like, dude, you. you I wonder you if you'll be willing to get on the podcast. I want to have Tori here so bad. Yeah. Try it. I'll try it. We'll see. He's on my Always list. Ask. But we'll see. Um, I want to get Bob Robbins. He'll be a fun one to have. Yeah. Especially after all these years in uh, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. You should have some stories. Yeah, I bet. All right, for brother. We'll all see right, ya. Dude. Take it easy. Keep in touch. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. <laughs>